Like you got the army and the navy on one side, and we got the marines on the other. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's a room divided. Dean over there. Yeah. So, so that's who we have. We have. Uh, well, first of all, I'll introduce myself. Juan Ortiz is always one of your co-hosts here. Our main host, Nate Landshark Shermer. And then for this episode, folks, we have a uh, we have a full room. We have a good friend of Triple B Adventures. We have Dean Dufinay. That's right. Heck yeah. Wow, well, he got it right. And then uh, and then we also have one of your friends that you brought along with us, uh, artist Ruben Chato. Ruben, thank you for coming. Yeah, brothers. Is, uh, we're having fun. Heck yeah. We're, Heck yeah. we're just getting started. Dude, it's, <laughs> it's truly an honor to have both of you guys here. I mean, I've, I've read up on, on both your bios. You guys are doing amazing things. Thank you, man. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Yeah, we just um, and we're teaming up, man. We're we're gonna do some more things, you know. And Apache and Lakota, look out, man. Yeah, well, we got started. chili too, so. <coughs> to today, to, I, I kind of like that. We'll we'll start off with that. So both of you gentlemen do very different things. Uh, Ruben, you're in the art field. Uh, Dean, you're in kind of like the sports therapy field. So what is it that you gentlemen are uh, collaborating on? But before that, can you just give us a, a quick introduction, what it is that you do with All-Star Vets? Sure. Uh, I started All-Star Vets almost three years ago now, and with the idea of getting veterans, uh, active duty military, and their families more involved in just wellness-related activities, and it's a very broad term. So uh, by design, so we can try a little bit of everything, do some trial and error, see what sticks, and then, um, you know, and then kind of narrow, narrow the focus down when we kind of find out what our wheelhouse is. So I've just been enjoying the trial and error part of it. And now we're, we're uh, and we wanted to prove out the concept a little bit as well too, see if the community, uh, how it was received in the community. We have that now, we have a couple years under our belt, well received in the community, We've, we're filling a niche. And um, now we are gonna narrow it down a little bit so we can really focus in on, um, the, the core uh, things that we do uh, very well. And so it's really exciting time for us to be um, working in the veteran space and bringing folks like Chato um, and others into the fold of what we're doing there, just really uh, as force multipliers. It's, um, it, it makes me feel more confident to have good people like Chato and others um, coming in, seeing the work that we're doing and say, yeah, I wanna be a part of that as well. So, um, you know, it is when you surround yourself with good people that are like-minded, you just feel more comfortable, you feel more confident, and that's where I'm at right now today. And um, one thing I want to say is congratulate you guys on this, giving people a voice through what you're doing here. Thank you. This is Thanks, killer. Man. I mean, this is great work that you guys are doing, and also I'm obviously a, a big fan of Triple B Adventures and a, and a big supporter as well. And it's, it's exciting times, man. You know, I, I can't Truly. wait to see what we can all, you know, we yes. continue to support each other in what we do, and I can't wait to see how it all evolves. So I'm just, I'm stoked to be here, guys. Thank you. Heck yeah. And then one, one last thing I wanted to point out for the listeners uh, that you didn't mention. One of the things that I think you do really well that you have been doing, the kickball tournament. Yeah. <laughs> the yearly <laughs> kickball <laughs> tournament. <laughs> this year, uh, Triple V Adventures participated. Unfortunately, we did <clears throat> not uh, win. But I'm, me personally, I'm getting for another... Uh, what was it the cheerleader award that we won the second the to last year? Team Spirit, yeah, Team Spirit, yes. Spirit Award, and um, we got knocked off this year. I know. By uh, like the pom pom girls or oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, the roller derby girls. The roller derby, yeah, they North were County, amazing. Yeah, truly, North it's County okay. roller derby girls. Yeah, I mean it's it's so fun to see just the diversity there, you know. And every year something somebody new comes in because it's starting to be 
you know, known now, uh, kind of a signature event, if you will. And so um, we got the San Diego Gulls girls out there. San Diego Gulls are there supporting us with their mascot, Casey Callahan. <laughs> Shout out to him because he's Ding. just been a big supporter of us. Um, and then just to bring those guys into, like, I say that my superpower is a kind of, I'm a connector, right? So um, I That's brought a, a lot of people. Superpower. Yeah, it, it is. And I, and I try to use it for good. <laughs> so I try to bring people into places where I feel like they can start to collaborate and do great things. And so I, I love doing that. I love bringing people in, introducing them to somebody I know that they're just going to hit it off with, and then just kind of sit back, you know, and then I, and, I, and then watch them work and collaborate and grow things. That that excites me, you know, and that's what I um, so I'm really um, fired up to do that kind of work. Heck yeah, heck yeah. Like a kickball baby. warrior or a kickball warrior. Yeah. <laughs> And then, Ruben, tell us a little bit about, uh, a little introduction about yourself for the audience. Uh, and then if you want to end it, how did you two meet? How, to, how did this collaboration that's about to go on get started? Okay. Date in di Chato. Hello, uh, Manapachi Chato. Um, for everyone out there, I'm just, I'm, I'm just happy to be here with my fellow veteran brothers. And um, Dean and I met through, well, did we meet at a powwow? I don't think so. I think we met. Um, we met through that Veterans Coalition. That's right. No, we met through Tracy at the American Chamber of Commerce. Okay, that, that's like a couple was, of years yeah. back. Yeah, <clears throat> we both belong to the uh, California American Chamber of Commerce, which is for veterans who have a business or any sort of a business entity. We have a, a saying: "Buy native, go native." Uh, um, with the American the Chamber of Commerce of California, so we'll give Tracy Standoff a ch shout out. That's right. Our sister. Um, I I do art therapy. Uh, it's it's in my heart. Um, you know, after I got out, um, I was uh, I did almost ten years in the Navy, and uh, most of it was in special warfare. Uh, I was injured trying to be a SEAL, but I got to operate with the boat teams, which is now known as SWIC. And okay. back when I was in, it was SBU. And it was during a transition where uh, the research and development phase started and things like that. I did my time in the fleet. I also, I was an LPO of a boathouse, got to work with divers, uh, CBs, um, some army guys. I mean, I was very very fortunate that I got to do a lot of diverse things in the Navy uh, where a lot of people in the military get stuck doing one thing. I got to do like six or seven things in that short period of time. But I, I guess I was just always at the right place at the right time. And uh, uh, I was always in a leadership role. And um, I just treated everybody the same, you know? And um, as long as you don't quit and you put out and, you know, have some integrity, we're good to go. That's just the way I ran the show. And I just carried that with me. And when I had an injury uh, in SEAL training in class 207 back in 96, um, it, was, it was just a difficult time because they sent me to Panama. I got to do some stuff down there with the boat unit, and I couldn't really do much because these injuries were lingering and lingering. So it turned out I got, they sent me back to the States, and I had to have two surgeries, both my ears, my groin and hip. And I'm like, wow. So they're, they're like, look, you can get your medical out now. Uh, you're not going to work back in that community. I mean, if you might be on a ship or something. And I, yeah. I really thought about it, and I was like, man, you don't have the GI Bill. And uh, maybe I'll just go back to school. So I got out, and like most of us, when you're out, you're like, oh, man, it hits you. It hits you, like, what do we do now? Because you're, you've been going at such a high speed for so long. And I'm an Apache. I was raised that way. 
my father, you know, when I was 18, he's like, wow, you're a man. And he knows that uh, not even my father tells me what to do. I mean, that's just the way an Apache, the Apache way is. You live your life by your lead, not someone else's lead. And uh, for me, it was like, wow, you know, so it's just, it's, so, it's like a, it's like a challenge that you have to give yourself. And I had my struggles like everyone else. So I chose art because I always painted. My, my grandfather gave me pencils. I was always drawing on everything. So, and then he got, you know, bought me some paper <laughs> instead of be drawing on all the walls <laughs> and the doors and everything. Um, my dad was quite, you know, he's, he's quite an artist himself. He still paints. When I go home, I buy him paints and stuff, you know, and it fires him up a little bit. He's getting, yeah. you know, he's getting up there in age. He gets a little slower, but, you know, we, we now with social media, we send pictures to each other, and he picks up some of my techniques, but um, he's got his own niche. Dean has sports therapy. I do it through art. I, I, I'm a very creative person. I like to write. So for me, you know, why hold all that inside if you can let it out? I mean... Art is a form of expression, and a lot of us hold things inside. And just think if you, especially veterans, man, just think if you could let it out with some sort of a creative gene that you have that you didn't even know you had, whether you paint or it's carving or doing some building chairs or desk or a table, just something that, man, make, you know, makes you feel good inside. Like, wow, I did that. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of like going on an op. Like, wow, we did that. We Like the brotherhood, right? You, you you all got there and you did it and you all come back together. That's a beautiful feeling. That's the way I feel with art, man. It's like if I can get this painting out of my mind that I see and bring it to life, which I call also bring it to light, into the light of the world. We're a very spiritual person. I love, that's why I have the happiness series that we were talking about earlier and the Nawudi series, which is strength in Apache. And Can you pronounce that? Now would I? Now would I? Now would I? Okay. I mean, strength in Apache, so it's that's my eagles and things that inspire you. Like, wow, man, you know, strength, power, you know, because we're we're on the those of us that serve in the military, we feel that it's like wow, we we challenge ourselves to do things that other people have not been able to accomplish in their lives. You know, we didn't choose another path. This is the path we chose, and. Um, I mean, we volunteered for this. It wasn't chosen for us. Right. We, we, we accepted this honor to serve our country and to make you know bonds with brothers and sisters out there. So now that we're not doing that, we need to find something that, to challenge ourselves. And for me, it's through art therapy. And I, I love teaching it. Uh, Dean and I were at the VA in Salt Lake and we did a, do a, a collaborative performance with other American Indians. Uh, uh, my performance there was teaching art therapy. He was teaching uh, post-traumatic growth. Uh, we had a spiritual leader with us, and uh, Dene Navajo. Uh, hello, Ivan Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about you, bro. Um, and he's a, a very spiritual brother, and he brings that to the table. He's like, he's one of these guys. He can just walk in the room, and that brother just lifts everybody up. Yeah, he's got his, that his energy. History, his history knowledge too. Oh, it's just uh, I was blown away by it actually, because you know, I actually went to college for as a history major and everything, so I know a lot, especially about Native history. Uh, but he's like, uh, he's something else. He's on another level of history, like with his history. But I, I think he, you know, that's probably why he's so good at what he what he does as well. The spirituality piece of it has a lot of history, of course. But 
Yeah, he's on another level. It was great to meet him. First time I ever met him, and it was a great collaborative that we were all, you know, unique uh, leaders in our own right, um, but all bringing our kind of uh, different flavors, I guess. Elizabeth Perez really led the charge. She brought us all together, and she's the um, Deputy Secretary of uh, Minority Veteran Affairs for CalVet. So okay. she's, she's in Sacramento. <clears throat> yes, man. And she's doing great work. Yeah, she's doing great work. Um, really out there fighting for minority veterans, disabled vet businesses, and things of that nature. She's up there being an advocate, and uh, she brought us out to Salt Lake to speak to the VA. And yeah, so she kind of gave the overview of statistics in terms of you know how we served and business-related statistics and things like that. I I am very passionate about about the changing the narrative a little bit in the veteran community about all the, it's been really heavy on post-traumatic stress disorder, disabilities, right. know, and um, I think General Mattis, you know, really sums it up best where he says that we keep telling vets that they're damaged goods, they'll start to believe it, you know, so we're really trying to change the narrative actually, and so I thought that, to- that topic would really take off, get some steam, and it really didn't. That was 2014, first, t- first time I ever heard of it. And uh, here we are, you know, 2019. Have you guys heard of that term before? Yes. Do you yeah. have? Good. Yes, post-traumatic growth. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> well, good. Well, you guys are in the know, too. Most people, even clinicians, you know, for the VA, social workers, they're hearing it for the first time. And that's a, to me, that's something that's got to change, you know, because I do believe there's the power, there are power in words, right, in, in the things that we that we say and the things that we say to our veterans, I really feel like it because I did social work for almost eight years, you know, at interfaith community services. I was a case manager, working one on one with veterans that were homeless, and so I really learned a lot there about how to counsel, how to mentor, how to just really be there, be human, be present, and how to help uh, my fellow brothers and sisters really navigate their pathway from homelessness onto self sufficiency. And I feel like a lot of them were hearing that from the VA, that they were disabled, they're broken, and then the, you know, the go-to for the VA really is prescription pain medication and talk therapy and whatnot, right? Which they all have their place. I'm not going to be somebody that says, I'm not going to cuss down the VA because they do a lot of really good work. There's a lot of really good people in there. have a lot of good friends that work for the VA. But I'm saying, and we're saying, there's more that can be done. And we right. have to take a closer look at that. The fact, it's the fact that these modalities are failing our veterans. The suicide rates aren't going down. You know, the, um, all those mental health issues are being exacerbated and being made worse by a lot of these pills and, yeah. and these regimens that are being, diagno- are being prescribed to them. So we're saying things like all-star vets, what we're doing, triple B, what you guys are doing, right? Get vets out into nature. Get them out hiking. Get them out that camaraderie that you build, just being out in nature. Uh, all I think within Einstein said it, or somebody said it anyway, that all the all the answers can be found out in nature, right? Was it Einstein? Somebody help me out. Was it native? I think so. Oh, it was a native. <laughs> native <laughs> Einstein. <laughs> I always say my art comes from nature. <clears throat> it does. It's a nature-inspired But I mean, life. nature, that's, we, we're meant to be in right. nature. Really, yeah. really intelligent people kind of know that, right? And yeah. that's why, you, you know, when you 
you get stressed out or whatever, you, you try to get out, right? Yeah. You try to get out, out so get it's some mar- fresh air, right? The saying of fresh <laughs> air. But um, there needs to be more things made available to our veterans that way. The VA needs to be uh, more open to saying that we need to bring more, more modalities and adopt them as actual, um, you know, I don't know if you want to call it treatment, part of a treatment plan or whatever the case may be, but we gotta, uh, we got to open our eyes and be open to, to other things other than what's been done and what's being done. Right. And we were just recently at the summit, the California Veterans Cal Vet, Cal Cal Vet Leadership Summit. Leadership Summit. And very, uh, I, I, loved, I loved your presentation. And um, I was able to just say one thing. And I didn't know the director of the VA was sitting at that, at, at your, uh, whatever your, your discussion was or was your presentation. The, that was the first time I ever presented on post-traumatic growth, like publicly, actually. We've been working on it for you know several months, putting the presentation together. That was the thing um, I, I, I meant to get to was, I thought post-traumatic growth would be a topic of discussion, you know, through just rampant, but yeah. it didn't happen. So we just decided myself and Dr. Megan Hawker, she's a um, Army Reserve major right now, and she's works at Interfaith. We used to be coworkers, and we both are passionate about this topic, post-traumatic growth. So we decided just to join forces and. Well, let's make it happen then, you know, instead of waiting for somebody else to make it widespread, why not us? You yeah. Know? So we, d- we did, we developed a curriculum and presentation and we, we're, for the most part, we'll be co-presenting on that because she's actually really the subject matter expert. I'm just a mouthpiece, you know, I'm just an advocate for my veteran, my fellow veterans. But, um, he was good, but she, I'm sure, <laughs> but she's got, she brings all of the kind of the scientific you know, knowledge that she did her um, dissertation on post-traumatic growth, you know, with the combat vets and all that stuff. So she brings the real credibility, <laughs> you know, and I, I bring a measure of credibility for in my own right as well from the background that I have. But I think that combo is pretty good to have yeah. on a topic like oh, that, yeah. you know what I mean? Because then I don't have to be sitting out on the island like people bombarding me with questions like I'm the subject matter expert because, you know, I'm not. But uh, I, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to learn enough to make a positive impact. That's really what I'm all about. And that's why Ruben and I really hit it off because we're of that same mindset. We, we're, we know we've got one trip around this bad boy, you know, <laughs> yeah. you better make it, better make it a good one. So, and so you, yeah, you hit on something too with, with the mindset and you were talking about words. I think it's not only do your words have power, but your, your thoughts have power, your mm-hmm. mindset you know, if if you tell yourself that you're that you are broken, you're gonna be broken. That's right. But if you tell yourself that you're gonna push through and that you're strong and that you're a warrior, that's what you're gonna become. And we talk about that being a modern day warrior. What is a modern day warrior? Especially like being that we're American Indians, right? I mean, the Lakota they were known as warriors. I'm an Apache. We were known as, you know. Definitely the warriors, the last to defy <laughs> the American government the, and everything. And, you know, during his, his speech, uh, he gave me the platform to at least talk about what I feel is the difference of PTSD and PTSI, which is remove the D and call it an injury. And, and that's when um, I received a, a phone call from the director of the VA who wants to, for me to discuss this thing a, a little further. And this is the way I, I think Dean and I talked about this. and. Because think of everything that starts with a D, and like we said, damage, disorder, dysfunctional, 
all the things that start with a B, it's just bad. But yeah. if, if it, and I feel like I had a TBI, so I had an injury. Yeah, and of course it, it causes other things compounded with that. But, you know, and I know we've talked about this earlier. I mean, if you think about it, everything that starts with an I, like, you know, hey, you know, I, I can feel um, inspired, yeah. invincible, just things that start with an I, you know, incredible about myself again versus everything with a D.O., I'm damaged. I have a disorder, I have a disease. It's that mindset, it's that mindset. And as a veteran, you know, we feel so good and so positive when we're out there operating, when we're doing things, because that's what we're trained to do. Now maybe we need to train ourselves to think like, you know, I I don't have a disease, I'm not damaged goods. Okay, I had an injury, you know. I had an injury while serving my country. So injury, okay, let's let's write everything down that starts with an eye. Yeah, like, Okay, so uh, you have an injury, you're treated with physical therapy, sports, uh, just things get you back going, disease, disorder, all that, you treat it with medication. There's a difference. And I think if we propose this, if we write it correctly, um, and you know, our generation, I mean, we needed, we, we needed, we didn't make that change, but we need to do it. And it's not about going to protest and arguing and yelling. It's about just, hey, listen to us. I mean, this is how we feel. We're the ones that, we live this. You yeah. guys are the medical professionals. You didn't live this. We live this. And just listen to us for once. This, we don't, we don't want to feel like we're damaged goods. Stop labeling us that way. Inspire us in a way to where, you know, it's an injury. PTSI, maybe. Um, instead of just saying PTSD, like we're damaged goods. <laughs> I don't like anything that starts with a D. There's a lot of words <laughs> that start with a D that are not good. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, you know, just to kind of follow up with what Dean was saying there, I, I and what he's doing, the program he has, is I like it because it goes hand in hand with art therapy because um, a lot of us do have, you know, some disabilities because of our injuries, but that doesn't mean we have to stop, you know, yeah. doing things. I would paint with my mouth if I had to, but I would paint because I'd love to paint. Um, I can't use my right hand that well, so I have a dragon naturally speaking software because I like to write stories and books and things. So. I figured it out. I'm like, well, I can't really type that well with my hand, so I'm like, okay, there's got to be a way to do it. Oh, I can just talk to the computer. That's awesome. So, you know, we've ha- and, and that's the way veterans are. I mean, if you think positive, you can figure anything out, but it's that mindset when they start telling you your damaged goods, oh, you got to take these six pills. <coughs> you got to take these six pills to feel better. You don't feel better. I know that. I've been there. I used to right. take 12 pills a day. You feel side effects. Yeah, I, I didn't, didn't see anything. I didn't even know who I was. You were in the same boat? I, I have a picture. I'll have to show you later. I have a picture. Um, I had uh, surgery after Iraq, and I had to have a, a lung removed. And uh, because of all the complications and nerve damage, I was on at least 12 pills yeah. for, for years. Yeah. And, and I was just in a haze. And I didn't understand. I didn't understand why why my wife left me and why I wasn't like getting along with anything. Nothing was computing. And then I finally decided, I I, I actually talked to a a Vietnam combat vet and uh, he was a counselor and and he was telling me that, forget all the pills. He says, you need to get out, you need to get out in the ocean. He says, you need to get out in the waves you need a kayak and you need to surf. You need to 
you know, feel that adrenaline again. Right. And as soon as I started doing that, it's like, oh, he's right. And I started, I, I couldn't get off the, the pills because some of them were like. Um, yeah, if you don't take them, you might die. Yeah. <laughs> not right. only that, but uh, like I would have seizures. Yeah. So I had to, but the doctors, they wouldn't even let me to get off them. Yeah. So I had to wean myself off. Yeah. I started weaning myself off like, okay, this week I would take one less. And then the next week I would take two less. Yeah. You know? It's crazy. It's a crazy cycle, man. You know, my time at uh, Interfaith doing that work. It was so eye-opening to me because when you work with homeless vets, you see the gamut of, of, of issues, mental health issues, substance abuse issues. I saw everything, you know, homicide ideation, suicide ideation. We had, unfortunately, we had vets die, you know, um, while there, you know, for heart attacks and other things. But just seeing all that was so eye-opening to me and seeing some, the thing that was so uh, jarring to me was the young vets that were coming back and 22, 23 years old. And one of the things that work that we did, because uh, we did transitional housing, and so it was basically like a two-bedroom apartment and two vets per bedroom, so four per apartment unit. Yeah. And uh, we had to have strict guidelines because the VA had oversight over it. That, um, it was VA funded. So they, um, a lot of these vets were prescribed drugs. So we had to make sure that their meds were secure and the one way that we did it, we would have uh, we had lock boxes that we would you know put that that they would, that's how they would access them. That's how they could secure them. Yeah. Some of these vets had literally like the Home Depot tackle boxes or toolboxes, two of them. Wow. Like. Wow. <clears throat> and they were supposed to somehow make sense of all that, and then we were asking them then to like strive for a life of self sufficiency, and it was really unrealistic because like. This guy's not gonna even know what pill to take at what point, or whatever. And then a lot of those pills were, like I was saying earlier, you're making it worse. Yeah. You know, they're causing other issues. So now pretty soon you're caught up in that whole thing, of now you got to take this pill to counteract what this pill is doing bad to you. I mean, it's just a crazy vicious cycle. That's why I'm, you know, really um, a champion of the holistic healing modalities as well. I don't know why we don't take a real hard look at of what nature can do for us first before going into this. Yeah. I do have an idea why. I mean, it's a lot of it's about yeah. making money. Right. You know, the pharmaceutical industrial complex and all of that business. I know about that. But, I mean, you know, there's, there's I think it's time. It's high time that we, there has to be some seismic shift go on, you know. And I feel like having those, having the discussions we're having now have to be more prevalent. I think that's, those are s small steps, but they're steps. Hopefully it creates a ripple effect and we get more of us talking about these things. And honestly, you know, we gotta play the game, right? We gotta, if we want things to change, then we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to elevate these discussions to people that can actually ma affect change in, uh, in Congress and whatnot. So, um, you know, I, I think, think that's that where hit things have to, we need advocates at those levels as well. I was gonna say, I think that was a pretty powerful image the way you mm -hmm. related it. Um, that some of the veterans that were in treatment had a toolbox of pills. Yeah. You you hear everybody say, hey, you should have, you know, a toolbox, put good knowledge in your head, put good knowledge in your toolbox. And that's what I think the alternative, whether it be homeopathic or natural or, or any other tools that you could put in your toolbox instead of a toolbox full of pills. Like, that's just wild. Like It was wild. You could be going to work every day with two different toolbox, your pills or your coping mechanisms and veteran resources and community. It's just... 
which toolbox are we giving veterans? You said the you said the fog. That's the perfect way to describe it because we would have these. I would see these, you know, twenty two year old vet come in for the case management meeting, and they're just in this haze. They're not really there. The lights are on, but nobody's home. You know. Yeah. And so then, trying to have them absorb, you know, some type of goals and plans, <laughs> like, and then they come back because it's required weekly to have these sessions with them. They come back next week, totally have no idea what that we we talked about the week before and whatnot. And that to me was, uh, like I said, it was jarring, and it really made me think deeply, like really reflecting on, man, wh- this is what this is the treatment they're given. This is what's like the go-to for these things. So it made me, it, it start. I started like early on thinking of, well, this is the way it's done, uh, you know, in this, in this setting in this organization. I did plant a seed for me to think like, well, if I could do it differently, how would I do it differently, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of like years later, after I got a lot of experience under my belt and I got to do a lot of advocacy work, um, and it was it was time to a new chapter in my life, that's when I dis- I decided to do All-Star Vets because I was thinking, you know, what, what can I do that I would enjoy doing and can have a positive impact with my brothers and sisters in arms? And it honestly, it was kind of right in front of me the whole time. You know, it was like That's I had funny. a light, light bulb like moment that. with sports, right? <laughs> I was like, well, sports, yeah, sports and, you know, recreation and stuff like that has uh, a lot of therapeutic value to it. I do it for that for those reasons. You know, I play baseball, I play softball and, and stuff like that. And it really is my therapy. It's my a positive outlet for me to go blow off some steam, talk some crap, have some fun, <laughs> you know, and rip it out there with the, with the guys. And... Um, and I feel better when I do it, you know, when I'm involved with it. So that's where I, I decided that that's going to be my thing then. I'm going to, you know, do whatever I can to start organizing veterans and doing those things. Hey, yeah, goofy, right? Kids game, kickball. Goofy, yeah. a, a goofy thing, but, um, man, <clears throat> the, the people that come out there, they feel like they're 12 years old again. They're having a blast. They're high-fiving. You know, they're they get you know. It's some just of a, us take it kind of serious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some take you know, the Marines over here. <laughs> I, I did too. Uh, we wanted that on. participation trophy so bad. But it was, uh, it, you know, it was fun because it's fun to see something created that wasn't there before. You know what I mean? That that setting, that kickball tournament, as goofy as it may seem or whatever, there was no, it wasn't there before. We we brought all star vets to the table. Now it's there, and now people are like, when's that tournament again? I'm definitely getting a team in this year. Yeah. We're in. People are already scheduling themselves for the next one, saying, make sure we're in next year. Make sure we're in. And I'm saying, well, make sure you pay your entry fee. Then. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a great time. Was that yeah, the one um, in Poway? Yeah, that was Yeah, I was there. I remember that. That was, that was a good one. Uh, and it's, it's unfortunate for me because of all the spinal surgeries I've had running uh, doesn't really work out for me because all I'm doing is damaging more and more discs. Yeah. So, and I've been talking to Dean, my go-to is swimming. I swim three miles a week. I mean, just put me in the water. I'm good yeah. to go. That's the thing, too. I'm, I'm a water baby, too. There's there's something for everybody. That's what I True. always say. There's something for everybody. And look at, like, our brother, Marcus Chischilli. Oh. Um, yeah. You know, he's, he's amputee above the knee, and he's a warrior, man. He's just a beast. He, he hand cycles marathons. He did the Boston Marathon a couple weeks ago. Well, maybe a month ago now. And um, so, you know, and there's a lot of our vets that are really, really, really inspiring like that. Uh, what's her name? Kirsty Ennis? Yes, Kirsty yeah. Ennis. So what is she climbing? What is she climbing? Mount Everest. Right uh-huh. She's climbing Mount Everest <laughs> right now. 
And she's got, I With think, one what, single amputee? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, get her an all-star vet. When you see that right. happen, you can't, but you can't help but say, you know, I gotta. Okay, I, you know, I've been putting off my own thing. I gotta get. I, gotta I can get do after better. A little bit. Yeah, exactly. So, that's what we hope we're, we're doing in our own small way is that we're inspiring others to live a more, you know, live a healthier life, live an inspired life. You know, d- don't put that off anymore you know what I mean because I feel like it's I feel like it's as important if not more important than you know going to the VA and getting your prescription because you know at the end of the day you know you we got to be able to have draw on ourselves to heal heal ourselves in some ways you know and a lot of it like us being American Indians we have that that spiritual side where we're grounded um, we're kind of raised that way and that was where I felt I was missing who I was spiritually deep down inside when I'm having to take six to eight pain pills a day um, and you know for me when it's like it 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 didn't even click until I just wung myself off of them I'm like you know what I'm, I'm just I'm just so sick of the way I feel I don't even know who I am anymore sometimes that's kind of the way you know, and I think Nate, when you you nailed it earlier, it's like it's that fog, I'm like and you know once it clears, it's like wow, look how clear and beautiful colors are in the world, and being an artist, that's really important. And for me, when I came off of all that, okay, I suffered from severe migraines. Little did I know that I was about to have a brain aneurysm. I really felt it. I really felt it hard. I mean, 2010 is when. I, I came off all the medication. All I take now is a baby aspirin and a fish oil. You know, an occasional allergy pill if I need it. But um, it hit me really, I mean, I'm like, whoa, you know, like, feel like something knocking in my head, like cluck, cluck, cluck. I mean, what the heck is that, you know? And yeah, it turned out I had a brain aneurysm. I had that major brain surgery in 2012. And I had head trauma in uh, 90, 94 in the back of my head, right where it was. And luckily, luckily it was all documented on, on a boat called the Barbarian. So, and that's kind of how, you know, I got service connected and everything for it. But I think the blessing was coming off all that medication and actually feeling like myself again saved my life. Other than, you know, our Heavenly Father. I mean, I'm a spiritual man. But I, I feel like when you're on so much medication, and I know a lot of you vets feel that, man, when you're on so much medication, you don't know who you are anymore. It's not you. Right. If, not, uh, if, if you don't mind me asking, Ruben, did you notice a difference in your art when you were under that fog, in that haze, being under all the medication, and afterwards? Any, any differences oh, yeah, that you I picked up it. in your art? I see it. I see it, Juan. It's like I see some of my older work compared to what, what I'm doing now I didn't even have the happiness series back then mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it, it, my 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 heart is just so more joy it just has more joy because it's like I'm not dependent on anything that's coming from the pharmaceutical side of the world the only thing I'm dependent on is uh, you know when I put my feet down every morning I'm like thank you God for giving me this day and I make the best and people tell me all the time they're like dude I see you doing this you're doing that you're doing you're like everywhere, don't you ever like take a break? And I'm like, I live every day to its fullest. It's like, when I shut my eyes, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna rest, but the next day, either I'm swimming a mile that morning and I'm painting, I'm just, why stop, you know? Why hold it inside, let the world see it, you know? Let it out so the world can see it. I think I say that with my art. 
why hold it inside? Let it out so the world can see it. And I mean, I, I, all my veteran brothers and sisters out there, if you feel that creative side of you, let it out. And um, there was something really powerful that happened at the Salt Lake VA. This guy, um, I don't know his name, and I don't want to disclose his name, probably a bad thing to do anyway, but <laughs> he never painted before. He'd never painted anything before. And this dude straight up produced this eagle that was, I could have swore Chato did it. Honestly, everybody thought um, I did it. Yeah, it, it, had, <laughs> I posted it, it. it had like the, the eagle was all spot on and everything, but the feathers on the head and everything, it had depth to it. It was it was just like vibrant and all this stuff. And this guy, dude, he's beaming. He's like, I've never done this in my life. And, and all, the other vets were coming over and saying, dude, wh- what? You he's, know? An ar- <laughs> he's an army vet, Nate. He's an army vet. <laughs> they were like, what? We never had a clue that you had any of this in you. And he's like, well, either did I. <laughs> and there was a really cool moment when one of the guys came over to, to, uh, to check it out. And he said, um, he said to, the, to the guy who painted it, he said, do you think you found a, like a new hobby or something? He's like, I think I did. You know? <laughs> and so, man, stuff like that is just so powerful. And that's what I was saying. Um, just watching Chado work work the room really I mean he's obviously just in his element making rounds hey try this with the with the brush and all of the you know compliments and whatnot you could just see vets they were all alive in there they were all alive they were all focused one guy was on the smoke break before we went in and he was kind of like the old Haggerty guy, you know. He's all like, oh, God, if they made me do a part therapy. <laughs> he he did a peace sign. Yeah, but. <laughs> upside down peace sign. But you could tell, though, you could tell when he was in there doing the art, he was enjoying it. Because yeah. you can see it. You can see when somebody's really pissed off and they're not really into it at all. No, no. When he was in it, he was, he was he's, he's getting his glasses all fixed up. He was sitting up, really, t- you know, trying to be attention to detail or whatever. So he was liking it, even though he was trying to play it off. You know, what I mean? you know how there's so there's like. something to that, to the <laughs> to the detail and the concentration to you put into when you're doing art or drawing or writing, and I feel like that's the um, the the cure part of it. It's distracting you, even if temporary, for that because you're you're concentrated. And just like you said, even if it was an upside down peace sign that he painted in anger. He was able to get that anger out. And he was painted, out. Dude, he wasn't angry. He painted it in purple. You know what I mean? That's, <laughs> not, a, that's not an angry color. Yeah. And it was and it was really actually it was, it was really a really nice. good peace sign. It was nice. And it was a peace yeah. sign. And, you know, he can't mention the, names, but we can mention the art. Vietnam <laughs> era guy and everything, and uh, you knew he enjoyed it. You could tell he enjoyed it. But that moment to see that one veteran, like, because he was. As soon as he had the outline done, he was kind of feeling good about it, and then he started filling in the colors and everything. He was like. Damn, <laughs> he was, I like he was what impressed by himself, and then the other people started walking by, and they were all complimenting him, and he really started beaming up, you know. And then, uh, yeah, he I heard him like mumbling to himself about I've never, you know, he was doing it. He was like amazed at himself while he was doing it, and I was just sitting back, just kind of smiling, you know, just taking it in because it's just such a cool moment. You don't, you hardly get to see that when somebody has you know moments like that of clarity or whatever you want to call it, where they kind of just something about themselves mm-hmm. how often do you get to see that you know uh, it re- honestly it reminded me because I have two little ones you know I have a three-year-old daughter and I have a four-year-old son it, it reminded me of that that childlike you know just uh, you know excitement of when they discover that they could do something for the first time or whatever that's exactly right what on. it was actually it reminded me of that so yeah. it's, it's just like examples of that I'm sure you guys see that when you take people camping or whatever 
and they're re- rediscovering that they know how to put up a tent, <laughs> you're right, <laughs> or whatever, or they rediscover that they can pick their own chow, or they're just out in nature and they just like you know light a fire, a, light a fire, kind of just go out in nature and exhale and see like, oh man, this is what solitude feels like again, man. Made it to the great. top of the mountain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's oh, so man. many ways um, that uh, positive things can can happen by by doing doing the things that we're doing with Triple B and All Star Vets and so many other groups that are out there active, Valor, and you know, um, really, we're really fortunate to have um, a lot of us are in the same boat. We just we started up in the last couple of years, so I really love the fact that we all support each other. You know, we really do buy into that. We're all vets. Let's see what we can, you know, the leadership uh, really wants to try to support each other and and be collaborative and stuff like that and really break down the barriers, you know, to collaboration. I'm big on that, and I love to see that happen. So it's exciting, man. Yeah, I, I have a saying, be the happiness. Happiness starts with you. Those are my two hashtags. <laughs> you know, he's yeah. always... I mean, I don't know. I've, I, all my all my friends are always like, "Dude, you're like, like always so happy." What are you on? I'm like, I'm just on life, man. You know, that's it. Just inspire people. We, I mean, Dean and I talk about that. I mean, just when you walk in a room, you know, don't be the negative. Just be the happiness, I'm, man. I, I'm an eternal optimist. I just wired in me. You know, I think I get it from my mom's side, right? Because she's always been like that. She's. I was very, very fortunate because it's rare on the Indian reservation where I'm from to actually have both of your parents raise you. You know, it's just, you know, we have all the socioeconomic issues of an impoverished community. Yeah. A lot of it comes with it as single parents. If you have a single parent, a lot of them are even raised by their aunties, their uncles, the grandmas, grandpas. That's very common on Indian country. So I was really super fortunate to have a dad who's to this day the hardest working man I've, I've ever seen, you know, um, and he's the type of guy who, my earliest memories of him were, he was a janitor, so he was going to schools, picking out the trash and mopping the floors and stuff, but I got to tag along. I thought it was awesome, because I got to run the- I, I Empty to, hallways. Yeah, hallways, <laughs> dude, I got the, the and gym. And all the, the big thing of keys. <clears throat> yeah, and I, we had, uh, he had access to- had kickballs. He had access to the computers. And the gym, I thought it was great to just have run freely and whatever. I never thought anything of it, that he's a janitor and whatnot. Six kids, you know, supporting all of us. And then he also owned a construction company, and he was just wow. at it constantly. But my old man, dude, he went back to college in his 40s. I'm 42 now, so I'm kind of, you know, I try to reflect back on that, how hard it would have been with six kids. He went back to Damn. school in his 40s, pounded powered through his raising kids and getting his bachelor's degree and then he decided to just keep going he got his master's degree in educational leadership and now he's a superintendent of a school out on the reservation where we're from so like we have no excuse (laughs) you know none of us have any excuse to like not be successful because he had all the chips stacked against him really you know and um and to be able to make it out of there uh, you know, from coming from being a janitor, now you're running the sc- same schools that were used to sweep the floors at or whatever. And you get, you That's know what? Awesome. He's still, he's That's a superintendent that he sweeps the floors still. It's just ingrained in him. He'll lead by example. He'll go, he'll go do his kind of white collar job of being a superintendent, which is not easy work. Works hard doing that. As soon as he gets home, dude, he's ch- switch over, get some jeans on, back outside in 10 minutes, and he's working. 
you know, what we would see is, you know, raking leaves and chopping wood and working, working on an old tractor or whatever. That's not work to him. That's right. his outlet. Yeah. You know, and so I always wondered how he kept up that pace because I consider myself a hard worker as well, but pale in comparison to that guy. <laughs> and I was like, how the hell and why? You know, why would you work so hard? But then it clicked that that's not work to him. That's him enjoying himself, fiddling around with his tools and, you know, uh, fixing tractors. And he, we have horses. We grew up with horses. So, you know, horses are another form of, you know, equine therapy is a big deal oh, these right. days as well, right? Just another another positive outlet. So um, so that's, that's kind of where I come from. And then my mother, she was the emotional support. So we were fortunate that she stayed home, you know, with us for a period of time. But she's the one that always told us, even though a lot of times we were poor, we grew up on like government subsistence and stuff like that. Back where we're home, they call it commodities. I don't know. Commodities, Do they yeah, call it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So government cheese. Dude, we fully had to pull up to the. Yeah, to separate the white beans. We had to pull up to beans, the place and get our beans. car filled up with shit food, you know what I mean? And Go to a box full of food. And the block cheese. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, cans, that. Silver cans. <clears throat> Grandma would pull the lard right off the top. Uh. And make it, you know, make the best of it. But um, we never knew we were poor. Right. Because it's a mindset thing, right? My mom always taught us that you're as good as anybody. I don't care. She's like, you, you want to be president or whatever, you know, you want to be a pro baseball player, you want to go to college, you want to go to Duke University. She's like, you can do it, Dean. I know you can do it. And um, I, that mean, it means so much to me even today because I got a lot of uphill battles to still climb, right? And But knowing that and like living by that, I've been able to get where I'm at today, which is, I feel pretty good. I feel successful being in here with you guys with this, really fancy building and <laughs> you know this is really pretty rad stuff but for a, for a for a res a res kid you know i'm born and raised on the res sometimes i sit back and reflect on all the really cool stuff that i'm able to do today like right now i got all the really cool you know friends that ha that are doing really cool things and um so it, it's it gets me fired up to see like okay good what's what's next you know and keep that positive mindset that really whatever I do put my time and focus into it's been pretty successful you know so um, that's what we want to do with our that's why we're all trying to come together as native leaders as well because we want our our youth to inject some of that enthusiasm into them as well by telling our stories because uh, they're all unique and the fact that we're all come from different tribes as well but very similar upbringings and backgrounds right <clears throat> but we want to we want to inspire our native youth to um, be the next athlete be the next understand leader. understand it is gonna be you know you do have the chip stacked against you when you live when you're when you're a product of your environment and when you're in an environment that has a lot of negativity a lot of drug and alcohol abuse teen suicide uh you know all of the socioeconomic issues impoverished communities have they're there tenfold on the reservation you don't hear about that a lot you know but that's kind of why we agreed and i, I keep telling chato that you know him and i and others we need to let have our voices be heard a little bit more because it's so rare that you hear from native veterans period right right you know but people that are doing really good cool work really good work need to tell people about it because um you know 
our, our youth need they need role models. You know, there's not enough positive role models, and I, you know, Chato was very humble as well, and I told him, well, you know, it you can still you can still do that and be humble at the same time. You know, it's um, but we gotta. I was like, we gotta do this thing. We gotta get out there more. We gotta let our voices be heard. We gotta talk to people. We gotta do presentations. We gotta go to the reservations and meet with kids in middle schools and you know, elementary schools and tribal colleges. So we're actually uh, taking those steps towards um, developing kind of a program made up of our, of our veterans. And we, we have a working title of the Four Directions um, it's a four is a very a sacred number in our native community and native heritage. So we're developing that where we can go onto the reservations and spread our messages of you know our own, our own unique backgrounds and um, and really kind of show the, the talents that we have and the struggles that we went through as well growing up from being in the same seat that those kids were when you know at where they're at now and say well hey this is some of the cool stuff that we do now and took a lot of hard work to get here so just know it's going to be hard whatever you do but you can get there and that's really the kind of overarching message that we want to get through uh, because it's needed in our native communities i think it's not only ne needed in the native communities but it's it's needed in the va and it's needed in the military too like we had a saying i don't know if you guys if the navy or the marines had a saying but we had a saying in the army that uh you should take the hard left instead of the easy right, you know? So like the VA, for instance, instead of giving the easy, easy pill, send them to your organization, send them to all servets, send them to, um, you know, higher, uh, or like fishing, they have like a fishing for heroes, yeah. you know, group. Hooks for heroes. Heroes on the water. Yeah, heroes on the water. Them, send, yeah. send them to something like that instead of giving them pills, right. you know? The VA needs to do that and us as warriors need to do that too. We need to stop see. taking that pill, stop taking that easy solution, and actually search out a harder solution, a longer solution. It almost seems like that's the script needs to be just flipped over, right? And and go go to the to the holistic modalities first. Go to try these things first: outdoor therapy, adventure therapy, whatever you want to call it. Try these things first, and if they don't work, then maybe we got to try to try a. Uh, you know, pharmaceutical regimen or whatever, but I feel pretty confident if you try these other modalities, they're not going to need the damn pills. Right. You know? right. That's what I feel. That's my personal opinion. I'm not a big authority figure or anything like that, but I've been around doing this work for almost 11 years now. I've been dedicated to serving my veteran community and, like I said, doing those deep dives into the causes of uh, homelessness and hopelessness and suicide, seeing that stuff really up close and personal uh, really gave me a lot of insight into these things. So that's why I feel like at this point now, um, it's almost an obligation for me to sh you know, share these things that I've learned and things that I've observed and spark some of these conversations that we're having right now just so, so that we can all come away. Hopefully, I feel like if, we, if you come away from this, if Juan comes away from this, and you learn a couple things that you didn't know before you had met us, on the positive side, uh, then mission accomplished. And right. that's what we want to do. Wherever we go, we just want to have you know, a little bit of uh, positive influence on whoever we meet. And hopefully with the kids on the, tri on the reservation, maybe we can even have more of a, you know, 
even a bigger positive impact on, on them. So, and I like Dean's idea. I mean, the Four Directions Warrior Tour takes us across all in all, all native lands, all American Indian lands. I'm like saying American Indian sometimes, but um, it takes us everywhere to all the tribes. And the thing is, it's a minimum of four different warriors he's going to have. It can be uh, male, female, whatever. But everyone has a different story depending on where we're going. And there's not many things that a native like myself hasn't experienced that I wouldn't be able to share with a youth. You know, they start talking about pills or drugs. I'm like, oh, well, I've been there too. <laughs> you know? Um, I've, I've been uh, behind bars before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> you know, uh, you know yeah. it's not good. It's yeah. not a good feeling at yeah. all. But, uh, no. yeah, I've been, you know, we've been there. We're, we're, we are those, you know, we're those kids. We are them, you know, and that's the thing that they need to know is, that's part of the thing in culture, right? It's like, um, who do you have to look up to that looks like you, right? And so we feel like we're kind of, you know, we could be that. You know, we could be that for some kids, you know. And so, and then also drawing on, you know, I, I don't know who your your role models were growing up, but mine were guys like Jim Thorpe. You guys know that name? Oh, yeah. Jim Thorpe is one of the greatest athletes yep. the world has ever seen. Uh 1912 pentathlon winner and decathlon winner and he did it with two different shoes on yes his shoes were stolen i, I remember this story yeah yeah he had two different well, socks and two different that, shoes <laughs> yeah I just mean, like he picked them out of the dumpster right yeah exactly <laughs> but he That's he awesome. was he was like a, a phenomenon that world's really had never ever seen i studied him big time because I wanted, I was looking for like who in our native culture, like do I have to look up to, you know? That's who has a name out there. And Jim, and I was, a, you know, athlete growing up, Jim Thorpe. So I studied a lot about him. He actually had a twin brother that died when he was like nine years old, but he also was just a uh, prodigy in all kinds of things. He's he uh, he lettered in like. I want to say something crazy, like nine different things in college, from ballroom dancing <laughs> to football, baseball. He pre played professional baseball as well, and all kinds of other things. And if you have that drive, it's gonna, it's gonna translate into anything. I think. To me, he's that guy. Like he's that. I know because I grew I grew up in it that there's a lot of talented people in native country, tons of it. Um, and I saw it all the time growing up, but it was really sad also because you would see these, these stars like in the making, you know, get through high, going to high school and everything and just on this trajectory like this, but because they didn't have a good, strong structure and foundation at home to fall back on people like when you walk in from basketball practice or whatever, mom or dad wasn't there saying, Hey, how was your day? Hey, make sure you get that homework done, you know? Make sure you make your bed, all this stuff. A lot yeah, of times eat they, some dinner before. Yeah, you know. right. A lot of times they, they go home to nothing. Oh, somebody's drunk. Somebody's yeah. you know a drug. It's just the fact of the matter. I'm not bashing my people at right, all. Right. These are real things that are happening right now today. Uh, and so so the kids grow up with with that little to no direction. That's why I always say how blessed I am to have had both my mom and dad there. Because I had even with that, I was a child, but I, you know a hell raiser. So imagine if you don't, if I didn't have that supervision, man, it would have been, it would have gone, could have gone way worse for somebody like myself as well. <coughs> so, you know, to, um, so then where you think, 
well, where are these kids going to get that from then? And so that's why I also feel very po- uh, powerful about the being a coach. I've coached sports a lot. And the, the influence that you can have as a coach or a mentor or something, right? right. Te- teachers can have the same effect. Um, but there's not a lot of it. You know what I mean? The, like the, the, the scales are way out of whack in terms of the, the negative things going on versus the positives, right? And so, and so it really weighs them, weighs them down a lot. And so those stars that were going on this trajectory, they don't make it to college. Or if they go to college... They go one month, two months. I saw, you guys probably know what Mr. Basketball is, right? Mr. Basketball candidate is the best players in the state, basically. And they have them in every state. So the top probably like 10 players or so they get uh, nominated for, they call it Mr. Basketball, to be the best player in the state. We had a couple of those when I was coaching. One kid who was just a stud, and he didn't, I don't know if he played ever one game of college basketball, you know? All the all those other Mr. Basketball candidates all went on to colleges, had good yeah. college careers and whatnot. But it's just something that drags, you know, our, our kids down where they don't, they, they kind of lose the confidence, right? Because that's one of the things, too, when they leave the reservation, they leave that nucleus of their family, good, bad, or whatever it is, it's still their nucleus right. that they're working from. So they leave that, and then all of a sudden now they're in a dorm and they're in a different setting and their buddies are not there and whatever. And I feel like that also kind of, and then you always have that nucleus that's kind of pulling you back there, right? And that happens all the time. And it's a sad situation. And, uh, but we want to see more kids like power through that and get through and like just have that stick to to make it through college and, you know, get your degree or it doesn't have to be a college degree, but like, power through to the place where you feel successful, where you feel good, where you can feel like you're living that inspired life. Yeah, yeah that inspired foundation for me was my grandfather. Because it's it was a very, I'll never forget this, because I went, I walked, I would always walk through his house, it was a three mile walk. And I spent a lot of time with my grandfather. He practically raised me, my father worked a lot, he was a boat captain. So I just remember when I walked in to have breakfast with him, I had just signed the papers to join the Navy sat down with him, he's like, you did it, huh? I'm like, what are you talking about, grandfather? He's like, you joined the military, didn't you? I said, yeah, I did. (laughs) He's like, I knew it. He said, it'll be good for you. Just know you're never alone because you're going to make a new family. You're going to see things that I never got to see. You're going to do things I never got to do. And you will always always remember this, that you will be living proof that I existed. Here I am talking about him. You know, so when I, I'd never been on a plane before, anything, land in San Diego, they're cutting my hair off and, you know, the whole nut the butt thing and <laughs> putting all this stuff on you, they're tagging you with needles and, you know, and, and here I am and nobody's saying a word, everybody's like just, and you know, and I'm looking around and there's just, there is a diverse group of brothers from every walk of life. Truly. And we all look the same without hair. And, no, and just those little white shorts they give you or whatever. And we all look the same and we all kind of feel the same. But you know what, I had that foundation. I had that foundation that the, the, the back of my head, 
was, was, was those words my grandfather said, you know? It's like, you're going to make a new family. He said, this family will always be here for you, but you're going to make a new family. You're going to do things that I never got to do. You're going to see things that I never got to see. And that always stayed in the back of my mind. So when you're talking about that, if some of our youth have that, like, you know, do something that I never got to do, you know? Yeah. If they had that drive, and I know what it's like, man, when you grow up with hardly nothing, and then, you know, but I had challenges when I was growing up. I mean, for me, I got into martial arts because I grew up fighting all the time. So I was a black belt by the age of 18, but it taught me that discipline. Yeah. You need to have some sort of discipline because or you're a wild child, man, and, you know, you just wind up getting in trouble, jail, things like that. And uh, it, you learn responsibility and uh, responsibility for your actions and all these things. So, But for me, it was my uncle that got back from Vietnam. He's the one that put me in martial arts because he knew I was just always in fights, man. I was just trouble. From the gig, I was the first one out of the bus swinging. Sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good outlet, though, yeah. for that kind of energy. You know, but... Um, my uncle saw that and uh and it really it was my it, that was that positive foundation that i had from someone that i looked up to i mean because i had other uncles that were always drinking smoking and other things like that and they kind of dragged me over there sometimes too but i just never felt right with that it just um it just wasn't for me you know yeah. call me six pack it wasn't because i couldn't drink a six pack <laughs> well, i drank one beer out of the six pack i'd be like drunk passed out whatever <laughs> just not my it's not my thing you know yeah. um but that was just so powerful having those words that my grandfather told me and going through boot camp because i would always tell them i'd, I'd tell my my group and here's the funny thing <laughs> you guys get a kick out of this um i'll still remember i still remember hayes was sitting next to me and he gives me always like hoser hoser Raise your arm, man. Raise your arm. I'm like, what? And I just raised my arm, and they're like, okay, Hosa, whatever your name is, you're the religious petty officer. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Religious petty officer. I didn't get the mess crank. I had to go set up for the the chaplain all the time. (laughs) So it turned out pretty good. Um, Yeah, I got out of all that mess cranking stuff, man, at boot camp. So I didn't have to do any dishes or anything. (laughs) Oh, I still remember Hayes. He's like, I should have raised my hand. <laughs> um, so, but, that, and, you know, and to this day, I haven't seen anybody from my boot camp, but I remember really? all of them. You know, it was such a great uh, bond that we had. But I was always, you know, we were always like, we'd sit in a circle. I, I, I had that as a native thing. We'd sit in a circle, yeah. we'd talk, you know, and I would tell them some stories and they're like, hey, Hoser, it's Apache, man. <laughs> But you know, it is that bond started there, and it carried through to every uh, everywhere I was stationed. You know, it's just bringing people together, sharing your stories. Uh, we have a tradition with natives when we're in a room, we ask people to stand up and just introduce themselves and say something about yourself. It's just it's a way of our people, um, just to just so that everybody knows who everybody is, especially when we're in a small setting and there's like maybe 12 people, and you're going to talk to that group. Um, it's kind of a, 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 a traditional thing for us. We ask, hey, you know, just everyone, just please just stand up, say your name, and introduce yourself. And it's something that we do. And I, I go to a lot of meetings and conferences. That doesn't happen. Everybody's just sitting there, and the only person that talks is the person that's up there. And I'm always wondering, like, who's that person across the room? I mean, or or they'll name. have a, a different kind of icebreaker where, where it's something weird, like, what was the last thing you ate? 
Yeah. Or, you know, something completely off topic, but not something like that, where it's like, no, tell me tell me really about yourself. Yeah, yeah just stand up and introduce yourself. You know, you don't have to give a whole biography, but just say, you know, like, I'm Chad, old man, I'm an Apache. Man, I'm a veteran, I'm happy to be here. Thanks, everybody. That reminded me, like, well, also, when you're the only native in your platoon, which is almost always the case, you don't, uh, everybody kind of thinks that you know all the history. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, man, so you get bombarded with all the questions of, oh, do you still live in teepees? And do you still, all this kind of random stuff. And honestly, I um, took it to heart a little bit that I didn't, it, it made me think like, man, I really don't know a lot of the history there, you know? Because I grew up in the same public school system. You did it too, bro, you know? It was yeah. like, you you know, in that little swath of history about American Indian history or whatever, that's really glossed over. You know, uh, and there were some native people here and there. Okay, <laughs> let's turn the page on that one. That was uh, it was it wasn't PC back then. Yeah, it wasn't no. uh, it wasn't good. Didn't go well for us. And there's um, a lot of bad things happened there. But th- so that motivated me actually. And a, f- a good friend of mine shared a book with me called "Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee." Mm. For those of you out there that are avid readers, read this because it's uh, it's native history through uh, Native Americans' PC eyes. Ross. Um, I think it's D. Brown, right? D. Brown or Ross? Uh, yeah, there's two of them. So that, actually, that book really did change my life. And I'm not, I wasn't really a big book reader, you know, in the Marines. I was 21 at the time or whatever. And, but I, I was so drawn to that book, and I just, it right away, just got, you know, captivated by it. So I had to power through. And so I read it, and it really did change my life because I was at that point where I was like, okay, I know I, I was at a point where I knew I wanted to get out of the Marine Corps, then what do I want to do next? So I had other buddies that were making the same plans, right? Yeah. yeah. Talk about what you're going to do. Some were going to go to school, be an engineer. Some going to be a lawyer, this, that, and the other thing. I was like, damn, what am I going to do? <laughs> so I also was thinking along the lines of doing something in business. But then at the time, I was like, it doesn't really interest me. I was just saying it to try to like act like I had a plan afterwards. But when I read that book, that inspired me to go to want to be a teacher, actually. So I went and... Um, got my teaching degree and everything and with the idea of go back to the reservation and be a positive influence to kids there teach and coach sport and uh, coach sports which I did I, I coached everything you know I coached from like two three-year-old girls in t-ball all the way up to the high school boys basketball football some you know whatever whatever was needed really um, I did that and I, I just really loved doing that and um and so it's just, you know, a thing that's really part of me. Coaching, nice. coaching, and mentoring is something that's giving, pop- giving something yeah. of what you have to share. <clears throat> right, and and um, yeah, the, the fact that I went out of my way to go learn learn that the actual true history, and I was really fortunate to have professors at the University of North Dakota that I went to school who weren't afraid to talk about it. You know, the real, the black. You know, it's really kind of a black eye on American history if you want to look at it that way or whatever. Bad shit happened. So what? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Let's let's not create um, ignorant citizens by just either not sharing about it or lying about it, whatever the case may be. There's some bad shit that went down. Right. Why don't we Why don't we tell our kids that? Uh, I think it would give them a little empathy when they meet people like us that you know understand kind of where like our history comes from and why. There might be some tensions here and there, or whatever the case may be. Um, but that's just my opinion on the education kind of system or whatever. So I kind of have it as like a personal uh, thing that I'm kind of an ambassador of sorts, right? 
where I come from, the born and raised up. I'm a res boy, you know, yeah. born and raised on the res. In uh, uh, in North Dakota. In North da- Central okay. North Dakota, nice. on the it's the Spirit Lake Reservation. Shout out to everybody back home at Spirit Lake Reservation. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was rough life, you know. It's res life is 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 rough living there. Um, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, you know, it's it made me who I am today. It exposed me to a lot of things. Um, good and bad and, and everything in between and it, and it's home and I'll always be home the crazy thing about that is I was raised on a on a Dakota or Sioux reservation but I'm an enrolled member of a Chippewa tribe so what that means is that I don't have a, a voting right on the reservation that I was actually born and raised on because I'm an enrolled member of a different tribe okay. mm. we can only belong to one be enrolled in one but so you it's really it, that that kind of stuff like that kind of pisses me off yeah. because it's like like a guy like my old man right my dad he can't vote in the affairs of the community where he does all of his great work in it he's they need a guy like that guy to vote right. on stuff they actually need guys like that to be in leadership roles or whatever and he found a way to navigate those waters and do it in his own way you know being a superintendent is a pretty powerful position out there on the reservation yeah so he found his own way to navigate through that. But I couldn't bring myself to do it, man. I couldn't bring myself to stay on the reservation and do that because it's like, Jesus, I served my country to go somewhere where I can't vote on stuff? Screw that, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. I can't do it. But anyways, that's my uh, that's my little spiel on the, on the res life and, you know, why I kind of choose to, you know, live in beautiful San Diego. It's great. I love it. <laughs> I love think San Diego. I think for the uh, for the past part of this of this conversation, you two gentlemen have been talking a lot about uh, being being a mentor, teaching, being somebody that people in the community can access uh, when they need information or, or not just information, but somebody that they can access to for their problems. Um, I just want to make sure our listeners know how to get to you. So if, if you don't mind, Chato, where where can our audience find you? Well, I mean, I'm under all the places all, they all can social find you. media. Just artist Ruben Chato, C H A T O, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that. But my website is pretty basic. Just it's my it's Chato.com, C H A T O. Oh, that's awesome. That's actually that's a cool. Easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got yeah, all yeah that. He, uh, Dean, Dean just gave me this medicine for all this. He's like, dude, Chato.com shirts. And then I've always had a saying. I have a quote: uh, "Be a peaceful warrior in the path of life." but be a fierce warrior in the path of fight. So in other words, you know, just be a peaceful warrior, man, in the path of life. But when you gotta stand up and fight, you know, okay, be a fierce warrior in the path of fight. There's certain things we have to fight for, right? Um, It's like that that old phrase that um, I'd rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in in war. There you go, that's it. And and that came from my grandfather or something I I picked up from, because he's the most peaceful man you'd ever meet. My grandfather was a gentle, big man, peaceful, and you know, he'd sit, he'd make us all sit, and he'd tell us these stories. Uh, like I knew all the stories because my grandfather was a storyteller. I think that's where I get my storyteller and the <laughs> writing from, um, where he said Definitely. he didn't know a lot of stories. And they, like, you know, the, when I was in the military, man, everybody's like, hey, Chapa Hoser's got a story. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's kind of where that came from. And I've always, uh, I, I've had that quote for a long time, and I'm going to put it on back of my shirts chato.com he gave me that idea thanks dean you got it man you're a creative genius (laughs) and and speaking of your grandfather didn't your grandfather always tell you he always knew that you were going to be a warrior 
Um, here's the thing. My name Chato. He loved the the movie Chato's Land. Charles Bronson. And every time he saw that movie, I remember as a kid sitting there, he's like, that's going to be you. And little did I know, I've been in 16 movies. It's inspiring <laughs> for him to tell you right there, that'll be you. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe I'll remake that movie one day, Chapel's Land. See, that's just, that's just it right there. Little statements like that, that's the power of having somebody kind of, you know, backing you up back and believing in you, really, right? Like, yeah. I mean, they just never know that positive impact you can make on somebody. Um, so that's why I was trying to have whoever I interact with, you know, trying to make that positive impression on people and be very intentional about that. Yeah. I never and, knew what California was. You just, I just knew the name. <laughs> I love that song from the Mamas and the Pop, Mamas and the Papas, California Dreaming. Yeah. I just always remember hearing that song as a kid, and you know, now I'm here actually living it. I mean, I never thought as that little kid where I am now I would have never even all the things I've experienced to have or even be right here at this moment and live through what I've lived through get a second chance I didn't even tell you guys but when I had my brain aneurysm that four-hour surgery I was on a white eagle and he took me everywhere and he brought me back but the, in front of me there was this beautiful light that's amazing and the other eagles and hawks flew into that light and we were going into it like this big sun light you know big as the sun, very warm. I'm riding it. and Then he brings me back down into this green meadow of flowers and everything and he says, get off, it's not your time. And they woke me up. That's wild, man. So there, there is, uh, I mean, uh, there, I mean, you can call it the medication, call it whatever you want, but I call it uh, a most, the most beautiful place. He took me over mountains, everything. He gave me a story and I'm writing that story, but um, I can still feel it to this day. I mean, very huge. And we call him Itza, that's the eagle. And it's just, um, maybe it's just the creator's way of giving me a message that there is somewhere that we do go after this place. Um, maybe this is just part of our journey, you know, there's another journey. Um, live a good life, live a positive life. It's, I, I mean, Dean always tells me like, wow, you, donate you're always giving I mean I'm just it's in our it's in our that's who we are natives we love to give we love to help think of what all the tribes do now with all this money they have they're always donating they're always giving charities this and that it's who we are we we've always been that gentle race that peaceful race that we love to help everybody everyone but yeah we're going to defend ourselves we're going to be we're going to be a fierce when we need to who doesn't I mean right every every culture has suffered if you think about it all yeah. over the world not just us cultures have been being conquered and everyone has suffered in their own way so yeah like Dean said like you know I don't want anybody to feel sorry for me you can right. empathize with me for what my culture has been through but um, I had a lady recently say like I'm so sorry for what they did to your people and blah 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 and oh history is so horrible and I'm like I just let her finish and then I'm like well you know I'm not. I mean, you know, I can't. I'm not. I can't change history. That's why it's called history. I mean, you know, it happened. Yeah. Nothing I can do about it. I'm not. I'm not here to change history, man. I'm here to make history. I'm here to make history. And then drop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> In front of that nice old lady. <laughs> and and Dean, for uh, for people that want to pick up the mic and get a hold of you, how would uh, how would they find you? Oh, I guess uh, LinkedIn. 
Uh, I have an Instagram That's a good account. one. LinkedIn, though. I mean, yeah, if you really want to connect with me, I, I do a lot of like true connecting through um, LinkedIn. But I'm on, you know, we have Facebook and AllStarVets.org is our is our website. I also have a new website called Native Eco Solutions, which is a for-profit company that I just formed that I'm positioning to get into government contractor opportunities. So I'm pretty stoked about that, actually. Right on. And so, yeah, getting to getting that entrepreneurial spirit a little bit and um, giving that a go. So I'm, um, I'm, I'm doing a lot of hard work getting that company really set up. But yeah, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, really. Um, and it, if you want to connect with me and uh, you're connected with any of the Triple B guys, they'll probably have a way to get a, in touch with me as well. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm easy to find, easy, easy to engage with. So. I don't know, and your last name's not that easy, brother. No, it's not that, <laughs> it isn't that no, easy. But it sounds French. It is. It's it's Dauphiné. Okay. So that comes from the French trader okay. uh, connection from uh, our tribe, the Chippewa tribe. You know, it's a mixture of the French and the you know the Chippewa from that from that area, and that happened all through the trade routes and everything. So, yeah, it is a French last name. Okay. Yeah. And then you had talked about um, all servants, and you had talked about the kickball tournament. We didn't really talk about, you know, what sports that you're involved in and what All Star Vets really does. If you could dive into that a little bit, that'd be Sure, sure, yeah. So we like I was saying, we're trying to uh, try a bunch of different things. So some of the things that we have done and will continue to do is like softball's another thing. Softball's just huge out here. I didn't realize how big it is out here, but softball is huge. So we host um, we host a a big tournament in right around Veterans Day, and it's called the Salute to Heroes tournament, where we honor a, um, f- a former Master Sergeant named Rodney Buenteo, who's a Marine Corps uh, retiree who was two two time Purple Heart recipient. Everything the Marine Corps could throw at this man, he survived it. He got out of the Marines. He went back home to Texas, San Antonio area, and. Um, one time when he was at a, he's at the park with his family, just hanging there. There's a river that ran through the park. Uh, I think it was Bandera City, and there was a dam there where some kids were playing. Some teenagers were playing on the dam. These kids fell in, and he just went full marine mode, and um, jumped into action, bolted into the into the dam, and. Uh, saved these two kids lives and literally like with his last breath pushed the kid up to somebody standing by to, to help but then the undercurrent took him and he drowned and he died and that's how he died after wow. all of that after all the Marine Corps combat tours everything that's how he went so we look at it as that guy's a true hero to us right? absolutely and so we honor him through this tournament to keep his name alive because that's what he loved to do as well he's an avid softball player really good high level all kinds of sports and it really hit home to me his situation because he reminded me of myself, all the hobbies he had, the kids, the kids he had. He's a family man. He was going back to to uh, back home in Texas to go teaching and coaching and stuff. It was really like my situation. So it really got me to thinking, like, man, would I do that, right? If I was in a scenario like that and I saw some kids fall, think, would I leave my wife and the and my two little ones right now? 
and go help try to help somebody else. It really made I like to think I would, but you you, would. you don't ever you know. Would. You would. No. That's and tough. every that's every veteran would. I know, I, but it's, it's, it's a tough one. It's, if it's no, I know the how the outcome went though. That's why it's hard, right? Yeah. And it's like man. So that's why I, you know, we're better so start swimming with Choco over here. Yeah, right. <laughs> I jumped off a boat to save a lady that fell off, and it was just an instinct. Right. Just and, and, and I didn't the even water. I didn't even think I'm in the Pacific. Anything is an instinct. So my buddy, uh, he's also a Marine veteran, Angel Garcia, uh, really great dude. We got together because we're actually both planning a softball tournament, and we kind of uh, were introduced to each other. So we decided instead of having our own separate tournaments. Let's combine forces and and once I heard about the story of Boiteo, I said, oh yeah, my, you know, my nonprofit all started. We want to support that effort, so let's just make you know, let's make it that event. I already got the five hundred and C three set up and all of that, so we did that and uh, we've been doing it a couple of years now. This will be the third year, and that's a really great time. Um, bring community together through softball, yeah, and the family. We're very close with the family actually. Uh, Lisa Boiteo was uh, Rodney's wife, they actually um, came out here last November and they were part of the Marine Corps birthday ball celebration that we did right around the corner here actually at um, Symphony, next, next Symphony Towers. Over, yeah. yeah. And so we're family, you know, we're family now uh, through through Rodney and we, we're going to carry on his name um, through sports. And that's just another example of the power that sports brings to the table as well. You know, Men Mandela, Nelson Mandela said that sport has the power like little else does to unite people and to, you know, and to bring people together. Um, it, sports really has a lot of the, has a lot of power to it. So we're moving forward with, with our, our softball tournaments. We'll do kickball always now because the community demands it now. Yeah. Uh, but we've also done, and we try to, everything we do, we try to do it co-ed because we know there's men and women, you know, that serve. So everything we do pretty much is co-ed. Uh, and we do, we've done co-ed flag football. We support, and we're kind of getting known for the team sports organization, okay. which is fine and good, but I don't want us to be pigeonholed into that because right. we also support anything under that wellness umbrella. So, uh, like our friend Nurse Robin uh, and our buddy Robert Codill, I think he says his last name, um, they, we sponsored a, a group of, and Katie, Katie Kraft. Katie Becker Kraft. Oh, yeah, Katie, Tandem yep. Travelers. Yep, Tandem yeah. Travelers. Shout out to the uh, Tandem Travelers, Shout Nurse out. Robin and iJourney. Ding, ding, ding. There you go. And so we sponsored a group of, I don't know, eight or ten of them to go to Carlsbad Lagoon and do stand-up paddleboard yoga. You know, so... And we okay. sponsored hikes and all of that kind of stuff. And really what we're telling the veteran community is like, hey, if you have an idea, I don't care if it's two of you or whatever that you want to do that's under that wellness umbrella, let us know. And we we get some collabs going. And I've got one. Let's make it work. I've got one. Well, let's do it. Racquetball. Racquetball. Me and I Perry love Yee. Me and Perry Yee played. Oh, yes. I love it. I play. Nice. You guys got a new player now. We got a, got a new challenger. I, I play a little bit of everything, man. That's Me the too. thing. I, I, grew, I grew up that way. I always had respect for, you know, I, even when, you know, friends would say, like, tennis is a sissy sport or something, or golf is a <laughs> sissy sport or something. I was always interested in it, you know, and, and I still am. I, I still try to, I can play a little bit of everything. And there's uh, always Racquetball's a... Racquetball's tough. 
Racquetball is, is tough. Especially. I play tough. I play very physical. Me and Perry Yee, we were on the floor, up against the wall. Oh, man, that's awesome. We need to do a tournament. I have, for real. Let's do it. I'll let's do you. that. Okay, great. I, I want to do it because um, that'd be great because, like I said, I'm trying to build this like uh, library or whatever you want to call it, roster of different things that we've done to show that there's something for everybody here. Let's do it. Let's do something. We're doing over the line this summer we got a we're doing stickball this weekend up at Encinitas Kevin Alter Marine Corps uh, active Marine Corps right now um, he puts on this tournament in Encinitas stickball tournament uh, so we got a we got a group of active duty Navy guys right now um, that will be out there battling it out in some stickball which we've Last also year, done down here in uh, Little Italy little, little, I was about to say I, I thought missed you had it yeah. I wanted to do it I missed it are you doing it again this year yeah we're, nice. we're, oh, we're in there the guys cool. the stickball guys Joey Jennings and um, and that crew they put on a great event and they're great guys and they also are raising money for uh, military children and stuff like that so we're starting to kind of um, bring some of these groups together that are doing very similar things like the Randy Jones Foundation and others where we're really starting to leverage each other's networks and you know supporters and whatnot and do true collaboration you know what I mean and and uh, it's working out it's working out great man so I'm, I'm really stoked for what we've been able to do in the short couple of years with really limited funds and whatnot we've been able to make do some really cool stuff we've got partnerships with San Diego Gulls Oh, We've yeah. got partnerships with San Diego Padres, Lake Elsinore Storm. So the major pro, you know, teams in the neighborhood, they all know who we are and they all support us. So that's pretty cool right out of the gates. Very cool. Um, and so we, we anticipate that it'll just, you know, continue to grow. We've been really grassroots, you know. I haven't really made any, we haven't really gone on any full-blown fundraising campaigns or anything like that. Because I, by design, really wanted to slow play it. I wanted to see what is this, how well will this be received, and then also just to kind of uh, do my due diligence and making my rounds around the community, letting it be known, grassroots style, meet with you face to face, and you'll get to know me a little bit and say like, yeah, we should support that All Star Vets group. There's some yeah. good guys doing some good work, and so um, yeah, I'm so excited about the prospects. But we're also weaving in things kind of different layers into all-star vets like this uh, warrior tour that we want to do to go to the reservations and go to the tribal colleges to introduce some more guest leadership aspects of who we are and what we do we're Native American founded so we would uh, be remiss if we weren't doing something for our own people right you know and that's where this part comes in the picture where we're at a point now where we can really do some of that positive work that we think can have a lasting impact in our native communities. Yeah. So you're you're up in North County, right? Uh, Carlsbad, yeah. Carlsbad. That's where we're based, but you know, we the the Salute to Heroes is down in Chula Vista, and we've done stuff all over the county. So I'm personally located in the Carlsbad area. So, but we have a reach throughout the county, and yeah, I mean, up in LA too, we've got some guys up with the MVP guys in Denver, Morris, and those guys are great guys doing. I've heard work. good stuff about them. Those too. guys are great too. Yeah. So we have we have a, you know, have a reach up there as well. If we ever want to go up there and you know have at it with those guys, they're they're more than willing. Yeah, nice. we're already talking about it. We just we just gotta connect the dots and really make it happen. Actually, all right. So it's exciting. And then Shalto, I, I I read that um, that you have um, um, a studio yeah, in, in Point Loma. Loma. 
Yeah. Are you in the Point Loma area? Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, my alma mater. Oh, I I like it there. They just, just the sea lions. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh right, right, right. They, they had a great run this year for basketball division they, two. They, they went did. to the national championship and lost. Yeah. But I got my sea I got honors. my finger on the pulse of everything that goes on <laughs> San Diego sports wise. Nice. Trust me. See, I, I graduated um, last year, almost exactly to the day. Congrats, from, man. From Point Loma. Thanks. What's the degree? Uh, business and marketing. Outstanding. Good for yeah. you. From so, Nazarene? Yes. Yeah. Right down the street. I, so well, I, go, swim, I go swim at the at the sub base. Okay. I go nice. swim there. I'm right on Catalina and Point Loma. Do you it's, live in Point Loma too? Or yeah, no, that's where I have it. It's a live and work art studio. Oh, that's awesome. It, it's a very blessed location. I know Dean's been there. I have I can paint outside. I, I usually have small groups come and paint with me. I know he was doing something with the wave or something, and then he came over and Oh, our he, friend. He, uh, he was yeah, having lunch. Our friend, um, Spike. Spike. Yeah, Spike, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah when floated in her pool. Yeah. I, Unreal. Yeah. Did you get to do that? Finally? Well, no, because she, I'm with, she. Now moved. that she's back, yeah, she had. Oh, she's back now. I believe so. Pretty soon. She took like a, a hiatus, a little pause. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, there's another modality, right? Yeah. That yeah. the floating therapy, things like that. Mm-hmm. It's just, it was unreal. That that, that setting there was. Oh, I gotta get back in it. I gotta get back in that pool. I I walked down to see the sunset and back i take the dog with me uh my my landlord's dog do you go up over the hill oh yeah i, I go down uh what is it uh, uh lee street or i take point loma all the way down past sunny's burritos <laughs> hey <laughs> israel what's up <laughs> um so israel stanley former charger um cool cool just a super cool athlete man he's he's, he's really good people donates a lot to uh charitable organizations if you need uh a donation of burritos or things like that. Who <laughs> doesn't? Yeah, exactly. yeah, no, and, you know, and me, I'm tied to so many different charities, including Dean's. That I'm, I'm all about uh, giving, fundraising, and uh, whatever That's it is, awesome. especially for 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 veterans or anyone with disabilities and animals, um, dogs, and I'd love to do a painting for you guys for, you know, yeah, and in, in, in honor of him, um, you know, for his family. Absolutely, yeah. One of our friends, uh, Marilyn Huerta, shout out to Marilyn and Cal State San Marcos. Ding. Cougars. Uh, <laughs> she's just, uh, she's just awesome. She's um, Marine Marine Corps spouse, and she it does work at Cal State San Marcos for many years. She did a mural uh, on canvas. I got to show that to you. It's really cool. And she did um, different various pictures of him, and we sent that mural out to the family in Texas so that they can take it and display it at the school out there uh, as kind of a little surprise, an added gift for, um, I don't know, you know, just a little gesture from us to them that we're thinking about them and that we, uh, you know, that we're, that we're family, you know. Yeah, I always say art records history. Yeah, That's the beautiful thing about art. It, it records history. Yeah. And uh, Point Loma Monthly did an article on me, the the January one that has the whale tail on it. Okay. I'm in, I'm in there. It's, they surprised me. They sent somebody came over to do an interview on me, and I didn't know it was from Point Loma Monthly. And I thing I know, I'm opening. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> that's me. Yeah. Like it was pretty. It was just like a conversation that we were having, and yeah. I thought it was just gonna be some small little thing. Give me a whole page. So. Wow. Um, it's just cool. I mean, you know, I just like being You're humble about man. things. Yeah, you are. Yeah, You're very humble. It's just, you're an but actor, he, producer, uh, an artist, author. Yeah, he's an, an author. author. Exactly. I wow. just like, uh, you know, like I said earlier, it's like you get this day, so make make what you can out of that day, because tomorrow morning you might not. 
put your feet on the floor mm-hmm. when you get out of bed. That's true. You know. But what did Saginaw say the other day about making your voice be heard? Because it was really yeah, powerful, you know, uh, yeah. he, I, I, I speak with Saginaw Grant all the time. Saginaw is the Korean War Marine. Semper Fi, Saginaw. You, you linked us with him. Yeah, yeah. you would love right. a conversation. Yeah. You would have him and Ivan Sam in the same room. Uh, that would be a powerful medicine there. Um, but yeah, he he always we talk a lot, and um, he's you know he said something very powerful the other day to me. He said you know if 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 you're going to speak and you want to be heard, then speak louder. Yeah. Yeah. I always I always kind of struggle with that. It's like okay, should I speak loud or should I be like? You know, FDR, speak softly. But you'll carry a big stick. stick. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that, like, cause, and he knew I was gonna go talk uh, at the summit, and that was before that. And he's like, you know, if you want people to hear you, then speak louder. Let them hear you, and not like yelling, but you know, like have put some bass in from your. I know, I know what he meant. Like you know, speak louder yeah. from from inside. You okay. know, like get it out. So metaphorically. Yeah, yeah. speak. Okay. You know, if you want somebody to hear you, then speak. Speak where they can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> right. And but the most interesting part was that the, the 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 other thing he told me he said you know if if your tribe is thirsty you know be the thunder and bring the rain. That's right. I like right. it. If yeah, your tribe is thirsty, then be the thunder and bring the rain. Wow. Before That's a great way to to end the end the episode. I was I was about to say, but before we end it, I noticed that you brought some instruments with you. Maybe you could take us out with that. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yes, I brought a couple of my American Indian flutes. I'm also a Rosa Parks Music Scholarship, World Music. Wow. Um, yeah, so blessed that uh, I was able to. Uh, yeah, I'd used up my GI Bill, and next thing I know, I have a. I love music and. Um, the scholarship was for world music where I was able to play with my traditional instrument with other people from all over the world with their traditional instruments. And we did something called the Instruments of Peace CDs. There's about five of them. I'm on at least three of them, I believe. And they still raise money for the Rosa Parks Music Scholarship Foundation. So uh, a plug, shout, a shout out, out Rosa to Parks. Rosa Parks. Incredible. Yeah. Still making a positive impact. Uh, and amazing, uh, amazing just amazing woman. Um, only met her once. And that's you all it takes. Meet her. Um, yeah. And uh, before I play this, interesting enough, when I had my brain aneurysm surgery at Scripps Screen Hospital, um, when I woke up in that room, I was seeing these par- these colors, these parachute things outside, right? And a friend of mine came in to see me and he's like, wow, man, do you know what room you're in? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> what's going on I'm looking at these colorful parachutes on her you know and I've got all these uh, things plugged up in me and stuff he says uh, it says uh, this room is dedicated to Mother Teresa this was her room wow so I guess I've always had something spiritually um, you know watching over us or watching over me but yeah I brought uh, this is uh, many trees it's my oldest flute it's probably about 46 some years old, made by Relegaldo Nash. Um, it looks brand new. It's very it's lightweight. 46, jeez. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'm gonna do a song for us, kind of like bring us back down from all this energy we've been talking about. I like this, I like this. Kind of bring us back down a little bit. <clears throat>
Thank you. Yeah, it always brings the brotherhood a little bit. Calms that heart rate back down, right? Yeah. Thank you, man. Sometimes when I want to sleep really good, I just play a song and man, I just and I dream of eagles. That's right. And yeah. you know, you know, uh, Nakai is it? Carlos. Carlos yeah. Nakai. Yeah. I used to listen to him a lot in college, actually. Yeah. I, I've been very blessed to play, you know, Tommy Wildcat, and when I, he came over to Mesa College. Boom. <laughs> Juan, hey, Shout out to San Diego Mesa San College. Diego Mesa College. Ding, oh, home of the Olympians. You Olympians. know, uh, it's probably the best thing that happened to me is going back to get an education after the military using the GI Bill because I was able to, and I had the best professors. I was just so blessed. Uh, Beate Bermanen and uh, art history, honors art history, just let me write about anyone I wanted to write. When everyone was writing about other historical figures in art, I was writing about American Indian artists that no one even knew about because I wanted to honor them because no one ever knew about them. Like Gene Locklear, who played baseball for the Cincinnati Reds, the, the, the Padres and the Yankees, played in the World Series in the Yankees. With the Lumbee Yankees. from North Lumbee Carolina. Lumbee from North Carolina, and, and he is my... He is my life coach and my mentor in art. He is, because of him, it's, uh, he, it's just, he, he didn't teach me how to paint. He just inspired me to paint more in a different light and just to see colors differently and to see things that, are, that I had inside and how to bring them out and bring them to life. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Gene Lochner is, uh, he's like a father to me. And yeah, when it comes to art and uh, Anita Brinoff, I mean, she just allowed me to never paint on canvas. I only paint on wood panels. That's all I'm known for. And uh, I- Chato style. Yeah, it, all my originals are on wood. That's how you know it's mine, except there's one in Salt Lake that was on canvas because we didn't have wood panels, so I painted on <laughs> canvas. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking I, forward to these Chato style shirts. But I paint on anything. Yeah. I mean, if it's, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, let it out so the world can see it, why hold it inside. And uh, music for me um, is that other balance. I just, all you veterans out there, you know, if you need that balance, if you need to find something, then find it through sports, find it through music, find it through art, but don't quit. Don't give up, you know. Right. There's there's other vets out there. There's other the brotherhood and the sisterhood. We're here for you, you know. Stay in the fight. Stay in the fight, Stay in the man. Fight. As long you as you're know, breathing, you, you know, still just, gotta still you know, got a shot. So yeah, call out, you know. Just let us hear you, you know. There's there's something for everybody. It's like we're not doing what we used to do. So find that light, you know, whenever you're feeling that, just walk out and let that, feel that sunlight on your face, on your skin, get out into the ocean, just go for a walk, get a dog, oh, those <laughs> dogs, or get a cat, get yeah. a horse, get that animal, that animal spirit with you, oh my goodness, just, uh, and we talked about it too, right, like, it might seem a little counterintuitive, but sometimes when you're feeling, you know, down, or anxious or depressed or whatever the case may be actually do something for somebody else you know it seems yeah. counterintuitive because you're the one you feel like you need the help but there's so much power in doing something for somebody else that whatever it is i don't know if it's the universe or if it's god or whatever it is 
somehow it, it, it does something to you that you, you, you feel better. You know, you feel better about yourself. You feel better. Probably, I mean, I think we all are kind of uh, wired to want to please people, I guess. We're social beings like that. So we know when we do something good, right? Or we know we we also know when we're wallowing in our own in our own business and our own uh, issues. So you know, do something for somebody else. Volunteer somewhere. Get out of that. You know, get out of that rut. You know, pull yourself out of there. You're still gonna have to do the work. You know, um, nobody's you know gonna do the work for you, really. Honestly, um, you can have Deepak Chopra as your uh, life coach you're still gonna have to take those steps. So um, that's one thing I always say to, to people as well is like, you know, be okay with that. You know, we have to get to the point where you're okay with it and we want you to eventually be thriving in life, not just surviving. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Kelman, I think this was a, a very filling episode. Amazing. And then, so uh, before we end too, is the other the other instrument you have also a flute does it play differently or yeah that's it's a different tone it's a little deeper of a it's a it's a harder wood so it has a different tone i'll do a little short like i'll do a short yeah. song for you uh, this is pure mahogany so it's a harder wood the one i just played is cedar which is very soft and it's a different note that was um this is a scale of an this is on the this is an f note that was an e note and this one will be a little bit, it'll be different for you guys. And, uh, yeah. No this, is, this flute is not so old. Spoiler alert, we'll, we'll probably split this up into two. So I'll probably have one flute on the beginning. End of, Here on we the end do of it. the first. Oh, yeah, that would be cool, right? Yeah. yeah. Bring it in and take us out with the flute. I love it. Mm. Yeah, I can play all day. <laughs> like you were saying, like you have happy art. So is this more of like a happier? Yeah, this is going to be uplifting for you guys. Nice. Love it. The boost. <laughs> Send it. Send it. that this is the first instrument we have on our podcast oh really not, not any not just any instrument i like that these are traditional, traditional handmade i'm the only one that touches them the only one that plays them ever wow so just kind of the way it goes this one was made in 1995 by jim hannibal blackfoot good year 95 <laughs> i graduated high school then yeah <laughs> all right wow i was still active duty <laughs> What about natives? You guys have any other Native Americans on the sh on the show yet? Are we? Not yet. Okay, so Not we're yet, that. We're yeah, you guys are, are breaking ground here with us. Guys, gotta send more our we way. Should, we Please. should get them, Ivan and uh, Elizabeth. Elizabeth is doing such good work that, um, yeah, you know, she can share a lot of at that high level, you know, at the Calvet level and stuff like that, which is always kind of interesting to hear what's going on on the policy side of the house. I think. 
And then uh, Ivan, yeah, Ivan is just, uh, I mean, he's just a treasure, man. He's a, he's a, like a historian. He's a spiritual leader. Yeah, he'll uh, sing he's a song very for well, too. very well educated. Nice. I mean, he's kind of in our in our uh, culture. He's kind of a unicorn, you know. He's mm. just one of those guys that's a, a, a veteran. He's a spiritual leader. He's very well educated. You don't have a lot of those out there. Yeah, and then um, as you can see, I'm I'm really mobile. So, yeah, okay, yeah. so I'm more than happy. Oh, chilly too, of course. More yeah. than happy to, to travel to, if think, it's okay, I would love think, to go on the res or out camping. Cool. You know? Well, yeah. you can go to Saginaw, that'd be great. But if you get Ivan and Chili together, I go to the rest. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. It'll be uh, as soon as you pass this hall on the left. So, um, yeah, that's... Uh, I think that's a wrap, guys. Let's wrap that. That's amazing. Well, thanks, guys. I know so, you guys didn't do a lot of talking. On but behalf no, of but Triple that's, B that's Adventures. No, but wanted to do it this way. Dean, Dean, thank you so much. It's It really is an honor to have you and Chato here and, and tell your story. And Wow, we, we want to have you on. We want to we wanna hear more. Can't wait to have the doctor on as well. Awesome. And well, to talk appreciate more. it. Post-traumatic growth. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for, you know, giving us the opportunity to do this and um, giving us a voice in this way is really, um, we really appreciate it very much, man. Absolutely. Keep up the great work. And, thank you. Um, let's get that racquetball tournament on the yeah. books. And let's get it going. Juan, if you got a crazy idea, we can let it go. I think, I'll, I think I'll play along with you guys for the first one. I don't think I've ever, I've maybe once in high school yeah. uh, played racquetball, but I don't yeah, you can drive a good golf cart. I do know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've I volunteered for the audience. I volunteered with Dean for a lot of his golf tournaments uh, and the events that he hosts. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm not going to right. enjoy the, the setup golf. in the golf cart life. Yeah, that's that's fun. I mean, we the f fun thing, I mean, the cool thing about what we do is most of the stuff we're doing is it's all fun stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. if you want to volunteer, you want to get some volunteer hours under your belt and whatnot for us, and, I mean, you know, you can go, sure, you, I mean, you can go, stack the pantry or whatever which is all good work too but you know ours has a little different flavor to it usually on the golf course or maybe at the beach or at the ball diamonds or something fun like that so that's another added i guess perk or bonus if you're into that kind of stuff so yeah yeah Dude, I, yeah I, I definitely want to work with you good man let's yeah. do it I, like i said we're always always constantly looking for more more collaboration opportunities and especially doing something a little bit different like racquetball i didn't even add that one on the radar i had a almost a list of probably i don't know how many things it is but i just made a list of everything from foosball to table tennis to horseshoes disc golf right just trying to think <laughs> all these we love doing the kind of obscure sports as well disc golf's another one or frisbee golf haven't done pickleball. I actually <laughs> want to play pickleball. I've myself. never played either. Let's do that too then, because we got a court. We got a court in Carlsbad as well. Okay. Um, my, me and my brothers, we all. One of the things that we always used to do together is play ping pong together. We'd have some really good battles. We we're all pretty good. Really good hand-eye coordination, so yeah. we'd have real good rallies and battles. So uh, that kind of carried over into tennis. Tennis, you know, like to do as well a little bit, but also pickleball is kind of in between that, right? Yeah. It's like the court's kind of small and it's the hand-eye coordination with the rackets anything hand-eye coordination like that is fun like i whenever i can't help myself but the foosball table out there yeah it's like i can't help myself but go over there and just like grab the handles because i grew up in a 
in a like uh, in a boys and girls club setting, you know, and that's what you did back in those days. Is you go there, you play foosball for hours, and you know, uh, pool, uh, stuff like that, you know, and yeah. so and then you know, little did you know, it helps hand-eye coordination a lot. Yeah. So I play baseball a lot and all that stuff, man. It's all good stuff. And there's the saying, we don't stop playing because we get old. We get old because we, we stop, stop playing. playing. Don't forget that, Chato. I swim. <laughs> <laughs> you also play, though. Yeah, actually. You do play. When I play standing up, it's yeah, easier it's than me sitting. Oh, yeah. Stretches out your yeah. diaphragm. Yeah. Well, I just, these flute, this needs <clears throat> a lot of air to push through it. And, um, yeah, you can only play like a little bit when you're sitting down because you're diaphragm. Yeah, like true. Right. You know, you don't see many saxophone players playing sitting down. It takes some luggage. Sure. Yeah. 